Hello and welcome to the Sunshine and Power Cats podcast. My name is Heather and I am your host. This podcast features two types of episodes that alternate. Sunshine ones offer inspiration drawn from nature, and in the Power Cut ones like this one, I share insights into my life living off the power grid. Do you have experience with life off the grid or alternative power? I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at sunpowerpod, or email me at hello at sunshineandpowercuts.com. Also, to find other shows that are on the Geeks Rising network, head over to geeksrising.com. I want to say a huge thank you to Kate from the Ignorance Was Bliss podcast and Steph Fuccio of Changing Scripts, Virtual Expats and Expat Rewind for both recently becoming patrons of Sunshine and Power Cuts. Thank you both so very much for your support. I really appreciate it and welcome to the community, Kate. If you'd like to support the show and become a part of the community, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash sunshine and power cuts. Just a quick recap, in March 2019, we hosted the Sunshine Summit and the videos from the 11 guest segments are available on sunshinesummit.live. And also there you'll find a link to register your interest if you'd like to be a part of a future summit. The next one's happening in August. But before then, in May 2019, I am proud to be returning as a podcast partner for the third annual live stream for The Cure event. Here are Nick and Justin from Epic Film Guys to tell you a little bit more about it. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters, last year we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. My segment is on Friday the 17th of May at 9pm EST. That's Saturday the 18th of May at 1pm New Zealand time. And I would love for you to join me live. Last year was a lot of fun and we had some great donations made during the segment. If you're able to donate, that would be incredible. Either way, please share the event to help spread the word about this worthy cause. What's been happening here? The weather's been fairly good. Thus, the power capacity has also been good. The best element has been enjoying the nights outdoors. The spa pool or hot tub, whatever you want to call it, has been fantastic. I've really been enjoying the ease and efficiency that the portable gas hot water units allowed to heat the water fast. And when the gas bottle is empty, there's a store that has a swapper bottle service, so you take the empty bottle in and pay for and take a full bottle home without having to find a petrol station that does gas refills. It's been a great way to slow down, relax and unwind with all the busyness of life and I've been making the most of it while the weather has been good. The clear nights have been stunning for stargazing with both the telescope but also just sitting out underneath the stars looking up. The full moon in March 2019 was incredible to watch each night though I did misjudge the rising time one night so I spent about an hour longer outdoors than I had planned. 
but it was worth it. I really enjoyed the calm night with the crickets chirping, and my cat Shadow thought it was great to have some company. But the highlight would have to be the night of March 24th, 2019, around 9pm New Zealand time, and I saw a meteor. I happened to catch it while I was soaking in the pool. I was looking out in this bright light as the meteor entered the atmosphere and appeared to be above the row of poplar trees that are on the south side of my property, then moved swiftly north with a thick trail of smoke as it burned up. It appeared to be really close, like right above the stretch of valley where I am. And whether you believe in making a wish on a shooting star or not, I did. The weather is definitely starting to cool down, which I love, and it's feeling like autumn now. The leaves are changing colours and we've finally had a patch of rain. Things were starting to get really dry and people on their own tank supply were buying in water to refill their tanks, only to have the rain set in a day or two too late. I only have one water tank but haven't run out of water, which is really good. I've been keeping an eye on making the most of when I use the washing machine or the dishwasher or anything that does use up a lot of water. Aside from the rain, I had a question come in from Logan Norgal, who co-hosts with Malcolm and Zach the Conversations with Creators podcast and on the subject, which are actually a part of Geeks Rising. Logan asked about the fruits and vegetables that I may be growing or what I'd like to add. So I think I've covered the orchard before, but in terms of the orchard, the fruit has been fruitful this year and it's been delicious, except for two unknown varieties of cooking apple, which I have, which didn't do very well. I do have an unknown variety of eating apple which is fully loaded with fruit. It's a tree that my mum actually gave me as a seedling. She had an apple, cut it up to eat, and inside one of the seeds had started to germinate. So she nurtured it and now it's a decent sized tree, absolutely beaming with apples of its own. I also have one tree of Granny Smith apples. I have several different varieties of pears. I have a Peckham pear tree, a Bosque pear tree, which is a brown pear. I have two varieties of Nashi pears. I have a peach tree, a black Doris plum tree, a prune plum tree, an apricot tree, a nectarine tree, a persimmon tree, a mulberry tree, and a Fijoa tree. <laughs> Unfortunately, the wasps got some of the pears. But the peaches were huge, juicy, and delicious. Just enough to eat and not enough to preserve but I enjoyed them while they lasted. I've mentioned the delicious prune plums in previous episode. And currently the Fijoa tree has plenty of small Fijoa fruit on it, and I cannot wait for them to be ready. They aren't common around the world, so I've left a link in the show notes to what they are, but they are one of my favourite fruits, and I remember when I was a child visiting a friend who had several well-established Fijoa trees together. But the branches grew in a way that you could kind of crawl underneath and sit in this like natural treehouse. So we would sit there and eat Fijoa until we felt sick. But luckily, that didn't put me off eating them. In terms of vegetables, that is a different story. I don't currently have a vegetable patch. I need to do some landscaping and then build a raised garden bed because I think that would make it easier. In the past, I've tried to grow vegetables. My most successful ones were lettuce, cucumber and broccoli, and I also had carrots and radishes. I had an awesome chilli plant, but one day I suddenly became very allergic to fresh chilli, so I gave the plant away. I do love growing salad vegetables, so that's what I would plant again. In terms of bigger vegetables or ones that need like a climbing frame or something, I just don't have a vegetable patch for them. I'm also not a terribly passionate gardener. So in terms of a garden, there are trees, shrubs and flax things along the fence line, and that's self-sufficient. And there's a short garden along the top of the retaining wall of my driveway beside the house. 
I recently asked a question in the Discord server about being off the grid in terms of being off the internet grid. And the reason why I asked is because in Sunshine episode 28, the stability or instability of my internet connection was one of the challenges that I mentioned when I was talking with Steph regarding the Sunshine Summit livestream event. Recently also, there was a widespread outage for around 10 hours. So I asked, have you been without internet so far in 2019? How long have you been without it? Was it on purpose or due to an outage? How did that make you feel? And what did you do in the meantime? I'd love to hear your answers too. And a follow-up question would be, how long could you last without it? My power cuts can be fairly brief, and I can get the power back up and running. But an internet outage isn't something that I can fix, nor can I fix cell phone coverage if it to be impacted in any way. We had some great discussion around the topic and the importance of the connection to others that the internet allows, but also some of the boundaries that are in place with some of our members, with a selection of apps on their mobile devices, and for some being okay to be disconnected. So it's an interesting thought to think about, and I would love to hear what your answers would be. And to round up this episode, I've got one article to share. It's titled, Off-Grid, Microgrid, Solar plus batteries plus thermal generation, and it's by Daryl Proctor. There's a link to it in the show notes. It's basically a story about a gold mine in Western Australia that will be powered by its own microgrid that includes gas-fired generation as well as solar power and battery storage. Now, it's done by Agreco, which is based in Glasgow, Scotland. They signed a deal with Goldfields Australia to deploy the microgrid, which I just described, in order to save fuel, reduce emissions and boost power reliability for the mine. And there was a diesel power station that they had, but it was replaced in 2016 with the gas-fueled reciprocating engine station. What was interesting from the article is that there are two features that are unique in Australia to the system. One is that it has a completely integrated control platform across the engines, the switches, battery and renewable sources, which is then applied to the client's demand side. And the second feature is that it's monitored 24-7, 365 by a global remote operations centre. And in that centre, they have experts in all of the elements and components that are available for operational and maintenance support. So that was awesome because it's amazing to see design and advanced technologies and innovation all coming together to configure a system to fit the needs of like the mine and other clients. And I resonate with that having a custom built system of my own, although it's on a much, much simpler scale. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts. And until next time, be empowered by nature.